The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable. And they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D, coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. So annoying. It's so... We're not ready to Dude, share what's in way. our hearts with the world. That's kind of fucked up, actually, because I feel that way all the time. I feel like the thing that would be the most therapeutic is to talk about some of the stuff that we just talked about. Which is super ice cold which ninja stuff. We can't talk about it because yet. we haven't addressed every, Yeah, you know, yeah. we you'd haven't addressed be, our team yet. You'd be putting the world on blast without it, not right. it actually being on blast, but it would feel like we we're putting everybody on blast. The other thing is, though, those conversations are probably the most beneficial to the people listening to, which is the weirdest <laughs> catch 22 ever that it's like in order, it's almost impossible to provide the ultimate level of value and education that we could because of emotion. I think feelings or if you flash forward two years though, we probably could. We could probably use all these examples with the people's totally voices with their consent. Yeah. No, I agree with you. But speak I speak on their behalf. I just too. feel like when I'm when I'm making something or creating something, I you you want to talk about the things that are most the most powerful to you, the things that are like ripping at your soul, the things yeah. that are driving you crazy in a good and or bad way. Sure. And those things that we just talked about are what are what's driving me crazy, both good and bad. And I feel like I can only talk to them with you. <laughs> I talk know. about them with I you. Know. Like, <laughs> and there's no one behind, else. <laughs> like, turn off your phones yeah. and, and close like, your computers. I'm going to walk to the clean room and we're going to talk we're about We're in it. my house. <laughs> we're in this like secret FBI dungeon and and we can't talk about well, anything else. I think what's cool is that we're able to like go back and forth with a similar direction, but very different. Not even different, but, like, but perspectives are approach from different angles is what i should say and i think that's really key to any business I, it's interesting though because there's a lot of value to so many different people in the world's perspectives and i wonder if there's not a lot of opportunity for other people in other businesses to just like get together and hash out problem solving like this because they're not <sighs> owners i can picture like what if for instance we're like gonna go on an offsite next week again right yeah. and we're gonna kind of if not fully get into the same kind of conversation you and I did with them. And it's going to be different because we're already like on the bus to the letter Z pretty far along. And they're going to be like at ABCDE somewhere in there. So there's going to be like a lot of emotional catch up, like you said, for sure. But at the same time, it's going to come out feeling like our slate is cleaner and more focused because of that. I E I complain about this to you a lot. I get jealous of companies that have a lot of money and are able to like make 
jobs with far less responsibilities and allow people like you only have these six things total to focus on at all right but i feel like where we're about to go is to implement some of that ideology into what we're doing now agreed because at the risk this is going to come out the day before that we go to our offsite. Yep. So at the risk of making a projection that people are going to listen to be like, what the fuck? I have a gut feeling, which I talked about at the team leader meeting yesterday, that we may be doing a lot of things that we might not even need to do. Oh, agreed. Things that feel really important, but are actually overloading and maybe distracting from the end goal. And that's not the fault of the people that are doing them. That's nope. the fault of us and lack of ultimate clarity from the top down. Without a doubt. Happy to own that. That's, that's fair. But I, I think we can get a little bit closer to that. Because the flip side of that, especially in our business, if if we can shed some of that and have people that actually have to do maybe a little bit more than just those six things. Right. Hopefully, we can afford to pay them a little bit more in the long run. I mean, that's the goal. And the thing that comes with... So, our team our team is essentially, let's be real, trying to focus on too many things. That's kind of what you said. We don't need to get deep into it. But being the idealist that I am, and I think you share some of the world of idealism too, we have... And I actually... It was really nice to kind of... Um, I had a really good conversation with Kristen, like, you know, head of skills development yesterday. We have our meeting. And she was feeling the pressure and I was like, she sees what could be the perfect cat and cloud as do we. And we're not even close yet. She's feeling the pressure of being the person who makes it that way. And so she sees all these things. and She's like, Hi, I'm just one person. She starts feeling overwhelmed. And so it was nice to be like, let's change it. Let's refocus and let you know, Kristen, that like I have put in some specific expectations that I currently recognize we cannot hit because of all the things that are going on right now. And I need you to understand that if we are growing and that somebody is coaching our leaders to take the smallest first couple steps towards that, for me right now, that's a win and that is okay. And I need you to know from my lips that I don't think you're failing as long as we're growing towards that because you're feeling this pressure of like, we're not doing that and Jared's going to think I'm failing at my job. (laughs) And so that was a really returning key moment that I think we've, we put so many things we have case, we have our values and all those things when it's clear are relatively easy to access and even kill in your cafe. But we're right. We haven't made it exactly clear to our teams with about 50% new employees over uh, the last what couple months. Which yeah, I mean, cray. new employees aside, I, I feel like we're notoriously bad with top-down communication. Yo, of course. And we're just we're constantly figuring it out. It's not like we, we're trying different things, which is That's good. True. And I feel like for the first time in like a year, you, Chuck, and I are kind of coming to a conclusion. I think we're kind of on the same page of where we need to go. And right. I think it's going to be really effective. And I say a year because I, I feel like at the end of maybe the first year, we had pretty good top-down communication, yeah. but the company was just a lot smaller. Yeah. It was like half the size. Yeah. yeah. Maybe less. Yeah. Maybe less. I mean, I opened up Basecamp to send a thing and it's all, this will go to 57 people. Jeez, dude. We're up to 57 human and beings. I was like, cool. Yeah. It's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had Abbott 
and Portola only. I mean, yeah, we were hovering around 2030. So, yeah. And I mean, Abbott is, you know, that's the end of the first year. Totally. Kind of. So, for for a long time, it was just Portola. And with, with adding different locations, you don't only scale the locations, you scale all the quote unquote admin behind the location, all the communication too. Right. So, and then those channels, because there is no someone who is like Tanner, who is like a head of cultural development. And there is no someone like Kristen who at the time was not, you know, head of skills development. Yeah. They're baristas. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're, they're team leaders. They're managing cafes. Yeah. And then it's a really easy when you see the, you, you see top to bottom, you see the whole organization in the same place every day yeah you know and you only have two points of contact really like i can go in and talk to tanner in one day and Kristen one day and know everything happening in the retail part of the company right it's all a, of it it's impossible to miss stuff almost it, it yeah it's so much easier you're just there and they've been there from the beginning so they already have worked on learning how you communicate and how to work together towards those goals so it's so easy to like there's no game of telephone you don't walk through so much stuff together yeah yeah that's that's to that's getting real. a z and then you know you've got obviously the the different locations that spreads out we're really good at running a coffee shop sure but we've never had to figure out how to okay how do we organize this structure Mm -hmm. this hierarchy for lack of a better word because we both it seems like we both favor like a flatter business structure in yes in the in the terms of like I don't want the factory model, the old school factory. Like you have a boss, you have a boss, you have a boss, you have a boss. And then you talk to only one of them. Like, right. You know, because I think where leadership is right now, there's so much benefit in connecting with the entire group of owners. Yes. Which is something that I've been saying, like I haven't been in that team leader zone as right. much. So I'm re-injecting myself into that. And my team's getting to a point to where they're, not on autopilot or anything, but they're doing really well on their own, which right. is, which is nice. Um, Ian and Carol are like working great together, mm-hmm. and then Sam brings this like energy for her for her part time thing. It's it's good, yeah, it's good over there. Um, but getting back in the mix and be like, okay, as advanced as everyone is, we still have a ton to learn from each other, yeah. And it's it's also easy to lose that perspective. So we had talked about doing these values keynotes yeah talks for everybody so i was working on the believe one and i was like kind of finished it and i was like okay cool it feels pretty good and then i was thinking about putting it on the calendar and i was like didn't put it on the calendar it's not time yet stressed out about it and then i was laying on the floor stretching and i was like oh and i went to my computer and i pinged tanner immediately Mm -hmm. i was like you should do this with me yeah like the original idea was that you know the founding owners are going to do this, but his role as head of cultural development, plus the opportunity to work through it on that level with me, give it increases like, you know how he's pretty good already, but he could go a lot further and like, Oh, how you deliver an effective, like speech that like really infects people and, and has that presence. And he was like, well, what do you need from me? And I'm like, well, I think it's a great learning opportunity, but one thing that I'm missing now that the organization is a lot bigger is I know what these values mean to me. Like if I take a value like believe, I can articulate perfectly how how I think that, you know, that can manifest. But what I'm missing is like how does it apply to each individual employee in their respective places and you've got a better idea of how 
how that works yep. than I do. So it's almost like this translation to where it works both ways. So it's like, I'm, I'm like lifting him up in these certain ways and he's hopefully going to lift me up in these certain ways. Yes. And then everybody wins in, in this way that like no one could win on their own. So that's, I'm halfway doing this because he, you know, I, I was like, think about it. He's like, I don't want to overcommit myself. And I was like, this would be awesome. No pressure. Whatever. Yeah. So maybe this is me only pushing him, minimal pushing pressure. Him well, actually I'll double down on your pressure. I mean, at the end of the day, it might feel scary and hard to somebody to do that, but the, the leaders who step into those places and, and can, he can deliver that stuff to an individual, but being able to deliver it to our whole company is the next, next level of practice for both of you. For sure. I don't, you know? to be, to be clear, I don't think he is scared in doing that. And yeah. I think he's, he's more than happy to accept the challenge. And yeah. He's like, this is exciting for me. I think the one thing that's holding him back is something that we'll probably talk about next week at the offsite is I feel like I have a lot of priorities. Oh, the busy, the busy factor. And I'm not sure where something extra fits in. Yeah, that's that's the key to I think the next level of our organization is being able to agree upon the things that are most pressing that are going to make Cat and Cloud feel and be the best version of Cat and Cloud in the context of let's be real. We have four cafes in three years. Everybody out there in the world should know that that is an aggressive growth plan. <laughs> we're owning that and we're owning the growth that comes of it. But here's the flip side of that. We have people that we are essentially in the process of mentorship, leadership development, personal growth that we wouldn't be able to have if we didn't do this. The other side of that is anytime you do any sort of growth, with it comes a lot of challenge and a lot of what feels like failure and a lot of what feels like stress. So part of our job, part of what I believe my job is, is to help people to see that with the friction of opening these stores, going through the ringer, having to work hard, comes the kind of growth that you wouldn't experience in the same way with the exception of like spending years and years and years somewhere else because we're going to walk through something you never walked through and we're going to mess it up and then we're going to fix it and we're going to mess it up and fix it. And you're going to be able to walk away. Lucas one who wants to open up his own cafe somewhere with understanding and knowledge from not being perfect. And I want everybody to know, at least if you're listening from our company, that the way we look at you as a human, when we tell you potentially that you're not doing the job that we would expect has nothing to do with how we feel about you as a human it has to do with trying to make the best version of you and Cat and Cloud. And if we can separate the feelings of how you feel like we may feel about you versus where we're going and, and the expectation of like every time we fail, we beat our asses up, Chris Charles and ourselves in behind closed doors, that we know you're probably doing the same and we also have your back. I mean, to, <laughs> you know, to, oh, yeah. I mean, to make it's not quite this deep, but you think about it in terms of a parent, like when a parent's getting on their kids to do this, that, and the other to do better. It's not because they hate their fucking kids. It's because they want the best for them. Right. You know, it's because that, you know, when I think about my mom giving me shit about all the things that I did, yeah. it's not because she's just trying to control me. It's just, she's like, I see the potential in you yeah. and I don't want you to waste it. And here are some gifts that you have and here are ways to take these gifts to the next level. And it might not be exactly what you want to hear right now, Yeah, but take it for what it is so it 
and sit it, on it maybe for a couple of weeks. You know, and Jason. Yeah. It's not personal in the way that's like, I hate you, but it is personal in the way it's like, I want the best for you. Yeah. And like you said, with Jason, maybe that means the best for you is actually us asking you to seek your happiness somewhere else. Right. Acknowledging that this is not the place for you where you're at right now. Yeah. So go find happy. And the people that do tend to be better off. Dude, and he kills it so hard. He's like such a positive presence. And honestly, that's, you know, he's he's always been special. Like, I'll never forget him helping us literally be able to open because he epoxied our roastery floor with us. That's the kind of person that this dude is. And he had a great learning experience with us. And now he's leveled up to the whole next level. And that, that shop daydream feels so fun to be Daydream's in. dope. It's yeah, so fun to be in. Dope. If you're ever in the Newport, uh, what's the Dana point combo somewhere down there. Newport is officially what it is on the map, but I think it's like, there's that other place. There's another uh, town. that's like, there's all those things go there. It's really fun. Uh, but to circle back on that, you're right. It's it's in the culture that we have right now in the world. Everybody's so afraid to ruffle feathers in the general world that I think that people are probably missing some of the ability to feel assertive and feel like it's okay to course correct in a really direct manner. I feel like that is something that people want, but they would never... They would never recognize that they want it just because our climate, our cultural climate is so you better not offend anyone ever. And and because of that, I think there's probably a lot of opportunity left on the table for anybody at another job to be able to just straight up say like, this is not the kind of quality that we would, uh, would like to have. And we, I'd like to see you do it like this next time. And I'm disappointed in that. I'm not disappointed in you as a human being. I'm disappointed in that performance in the same way you would probably do the same thing if you were listening to a show or watching like a Broadway musical, the person would be like, that wasn't good enough for Broadway. And that's okay. You're still hired to be on Broadway. You know? I think there's levels to it. I think there's one part. There's the the cultural norms and how people are going to take stuff. And I, there's another level that I think people avoid giving feedback, especially direct feedback, for the same reasons that people generally don't like to fire people because mm. in most cases they know that deep down in the bottom of their fucking hearts they probably didn't do enough for that person ahead of time yeah firing someone shouldn't feel bad it should actually feel great for everybody involved right but it sucks to fire someone when you're like oh so-and-so worker sucks well have you told them no well mm. what have you helped them with well they should probably just know better on their own right well now it's so far gone that it's completely hopeless and i need to fire them and you feel uncomfortable firing them because you haven't done your due diligence as an employer in the same way that most managers would feel hard giving direct feedback when they don't feel confident that they've given their team enough resources to succeed. Yeah. So how am I going to sit here and hold you accountable when I know that I'm dropping the ball? Yeah, that's got to be really and hard. It, and it's tough. And we're experiencing a little bit of that too, to where our expectations are maybe exceeding what we've equipped everybody for yeah. or at least what we've communicated for yeah. because yeah, i yeah. think everybody can rise to the occasion as like you know as long as you understand what that is as long as we know what the direction is yeah, yeah like, you yeah. know what i mean tell like, me to go north I'll, I'll do it right i just need to know what north we looks got, like we got a bunch of like heavy artillery we got to point it in the right direction and we really do and our that, team is so sick and that's that's what this week and this offsite is going to be about is like recalibrating on that on that equipment be like cool this is our target yeah like here are the things that we're going to hit um, and then you can really have that discussion of like, cool, 
now that we know what the benchmark is, mm-hmm. let's talk about why you feel like you can't hit them. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened last week and how that fits into the bigger picture. And then mm-hmm. we can feel good because that's that's the thing that I stress out about. I'm like, how am I supposed to hold this person accountable? Like I haven't really held myself held myself accountable. Yeah. Like add how do that we get there. Add that to like the social climate and then you have this big like clusterfuck where everyone's just like I don't talk to people. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and and don't, you don't feel like you're you're confidently able to talk to anybody. Yeah, you're just like I better just not say anything. I better just I'll, do more work myself. And then I'll just be yeah, I'll put it on myself. Yep. I'll be more angry. I'll it's more stressed like, out, sleep less. resent everybody and then I'll actually hate coming to work and that'll be good for me. So I'll just violate my own because belief and care I, I, I on accident. I violate myself. <laughs> I fully I violated myself. I'm fully into violating myself. Yeah, dude, it's hard. It's I was writing down this idea and cuz I get frustrated about our growth because if you look at it from like a a really cut and dry point of view it seems like with most businesses there's a couple things going on you've got quality yep. and then you've got quantity plug in the two you and get one or the other you get kind of you get shades of one or the other sure, right to sure. where it's like you have four stores yeah in 3 years that's more than a store a year for people who have never opened a business before that's intense that's intense so intense things are not going to be as buttoned up as you hoped they would be. Doesn't mean they're not good. It doesn't mean that the stores are terrible because they're far from terrible. They're amazing. But, yeah. But there's a disconnect between what's in your mind and what comes out on paper. Right. But then if you think about it even more, the matrix is actually one step deeper. So the matrix that we're actually in is quantity versus quality versus quality of life yeah and how does that fit into the mix and from the get-go we've said that we need to have a business that can provide us three as founding owners with a place to like like a way to live in santa cruz in santa cruz sustainably also we've said from the get-go that we'd love to take a core group of people all the way with us yeah and make it worthwhile for people who like even people who work in our business for like a year and then leave, I think they're going to have a valuable experience. They're yes. going to learn some lessons that they can apply anywhere else. That's fine. We're going to have some sort of turnover. I'm okay with that. Right. As, long as, world. The, as long as the cultural fit is right when they're there, I think yeah. people can come in, leave happy, move on, do their own thing. That's great. Yeah. Our mission still works for them. And then the, the people who are going to go the distance with us, we have uh, an obligation to them. We have a responsibility to, yeah. to provide a certain amount of opportunity, a certain amount of also money in ways that we can yeah. to let them have the best quality of life possible. Right. And that's just not possible with one store. Not so even with it's, three stores. It's not <laughs> a direct, which made me like just thinking about it like that. I was able to kind of breathe a little bit deeper. Sure. Because sometimes I get, you know, we're coming up on another store and we have these talks, which we won't go in detail about, but it's frustrating because we want it to come out, you know, just banging, swinging like 10 out of 10. Yeah, we need so much money to do everything we'd like to do at, at this juncture, at the, right? Yeah. We're not it, that kind of business. And the time frame is tight and there's pressure surrounding it and all those all, all those things are real. Yeah, you um, get all these dominoes to push and if you push the one. So I feel like that stuff weighs on me a sure. lot and it stresses me out. And 
I found a little bit of solace in being like, okay, because we're moving like this, Tanner gets the opportunity to do this. Yeah. Kristen gets the opportunity to do this. Grace mm-hmm. is doing this. Alex is doing these like yeah. these projects that we would never be able to do, like in no way, shape, or form be able to support with just one or two stores. It's just not it's not gonna happen, you know, no. without like a flourishing partner program, again, not gonna happen. So the business mm-hmm. requires some scale to keep it moving. And if you're looking ten years down the line, I'm like, cool, we're gonna have the opportunity to do things that no one else is doing. Right. That's going to be a benefit to us in the long run, and, oh, and so those ex- those experiences are going to be worth it in the long run, right? And it's just sometimes it's just it's uh, it just gets stressful. So it's important to know that there's like there's other matrices, there's other variables involved. Yeah, I mean, sometimes what I do is I go it's when I talked about growth versus fixed mindset. Sometimes what I'll tell myself is I'm like, okay, you get to grow people over time. I guess I have to look at our cafes in the same way where it's like just going to repour in investment, whether it's money into making them prettier or whatever the case may be, but we're going to repour our resources into them to make them what the original vision for them was because potentially we don't get to, we don't get to have all that cash up front to make the cafe that we saw in our mind's eye, but we can get it there. And that ultimately isn't the only thing that makes cat and cloud special what makes it really special is the people and the product and the delivery of that product. And in the context of the part that I'm talking about right now, which is the cafe feeling experience. And so we have to kind of break those things down and say, what are the things that are going to really hit home the most? Right. You only have oh, your yeah. money, I mean, time and quality pick well, two. Well, and- that's, that's <laughs> where, that's where the, pri- that's where the prioritization has been. That's yeah. what we've always prioritized. So we're going to keep it's doing always that. been, I'm, I'm not dissing or anything. Obviously our fucking company but whatever it's well, i mean we can diss ourselves at, and that's what i'm saying perfection like, at the expense of something like build out yeah we're spending money time and energy on the people that go in the stores right people first the stores so and that is the best move for our business for sure for sure without a doubt 100 percent. it's also the thing that people appreciate the most about us i also just hope sometimes i hope and this is my own personal insecurity that the people in our company who work for us realize that that is actually the reason meaning, meaning like, you know, it gets busy, it gets stressful that we've talked about in our culture talks. Like you've got these ideas potentially that go through your mind of like, man, yeah, just growing so fast. It's not as good. And it's like only because you're feeling the stress of what it feels like to have to grow quickly. And that's not exactly at all how anybody feels. It's the insecurity of me where I'm like, they're going to feel like that's the reason unless we communicate really well. And it's like, that isn't the reason. The reason is for the people, not for the money, but the money goes to the people and the opportunity goes to the people. And it's just this, it is a symbiotic relationship you can't get away from, right? You're like mentally pulled in two different directions. I talked about in the housing crisis problem. I can't buy a house because it's too expensive. But if I lived in another city, I'd be well off. But if I lived in another city, I wouldn't have have this. (laughs) And, And then you're like, okay, kill all that stuff for me personally and realize that the people who, which is probably 90% plus of our staff easily are going to be like, Oh, okay. I I get it. This is like part of it. This is all part of it. And calibrating with our leadership team is and being able to communicate and be there and show up for them is, is how you show that as a leader in any company, really. If you can go do that, and if you're real and you're honest and you're authentic, then people will see it. And then you don't leave anybody to their own devices because our humanoid survival instincts say 
think the worst first so then you can protect yourself. Yeah, you got to be safe. <laughs> got to be safe. <laughs> and and I'm I'm over into exaggerating it and being overly dramatic, but when you're Not really though, because Yeah, when you're at the top, you feel that hard. I mean, well, fuck. I I would go so far as to say the only reason you feel like that and have that insecurity at the top is because you've had those feelings at the bottom. Sure. Like you've had those feelings sure. as an employee at other places, so you know what it feels like to feel that feeling. You know what it feels like to be in a place that's like, wow, this is growing really fast. I don't know what we're doing. It doesn't seem like we're keeping an eye on what we should be keeping an eye on. Right. And I feel very disconnected. Somebody help me. Yeah. Yeah. You so know? Set, what you could say is my survival instincts are already kicking I in. I think they're already kicked for in. For other people. I think, yeah. I think you're... Uh, Keep the tribe alive. You know, you know what's going on, which is great because... Um, one thing that uh i'll go spear a hog right now chris people tend you know people lose that like a certain amount of empathy right super fast right well that's what goes first because you, know, you have to protect yourself you're like oh i'm rich i don't i forgot what it feels like to be poor <laughs> you know what i mean i'm the boss i forgot what it feels like to be an employee right and not that you have to bend to the will of your employees but it's important to understand like and remember what it feels like yeah it will help. You can still have your same vision. You can still have your same direction, but it can help you inform how you communicate those things to people mm-hmm. and how you just kind of frame the whole picture of where we're going. Yeah. And I want to be absolutely clear for anybody who might be on our staff is like, where is, where are they, what are they thinking? I, I was just looking at a picture of our most recent, like all staff uh, get together, which isn't even the full staff of our company, but it's probably like 80%. And I was like, look at, all of these ballers even down to like the most entry level human beings i was like there is so much crazy like we are insanely blessed to even have the cultural impact in the people that we have hired like we have done an amazing job and you people are crushing the game it's just that context of being the owner of like this is where we can be and where we are and and every time i look at stuff like that and like step back to like twenty thousand feet versus like 10 feet i'm like oh damn we're going to be fine. We just have to figure out how to communicate from the top down way clearer so that the people who are ready to go for us can understand where we're trying to go really well on their own without needing, you know, without, without needing what they need right now, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> that communication, they'll, they'll know, you know, they'll be reinforced is be what reinforced. I should say. What about Ross though, dude? What do you think about Ross? I mean, he loves the hot juice. Ross, you're a baller, dude. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, you're on the hot seat. Why? Because you're awesome. Because <laughs> you're awesome. What do you think about Ross, dude? I think he's fucking rad, bro. Yeah, That's you know what I guy. think. <laughs> Ross, you and your hot juice and your Godfather Bob. It's like warm juice. It's like warm juice. That's what he said in one of our our meetings, <laughs> our coffee coffee education meetings. Ross, about AKA Kenyan coffee. warm juice. Yeah, he's all. I had this Kenyan coffee and it tasted like warm juice, and I can't stop drinking it. Ross is your Instagram handle, warm juice. Oh. Hit me up at warm juice. <laughs> Get at me, dog. Warm we out here juice. fucking with warm juice. Warm and juice. Just doing our thing. That sounds like orange. Dude, what kind of... Oh, dude, we're, 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 we're burning, we we're burning through the thing. Dude, I have one more. Oh, man. I. How it's can I say this and not sound like a complete asshole? Great question. Great. Okay. Do you want to... Would you, would you rather before? Or? Would you... <laughs> Would you rather? Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather throw up every time someone says your name or fart anytime someone asks you a question? I would rather fart every time anytime someone asks me a question. For sure. <laughs> Farting is the worst. Throwing up sucks. What if dude? your pregame one says does I feel like I have a loophole? I'm like, don't say my name. I'll write it on a piece of paper for you. 
never say it or I'm going to barf on you. <laughs> what? Do you get a loophole because your name isn't actually your name? Ooh. Like people are like, Jared, you're like, sorry, sorry. it's not my name. Legal name, something else, people. <laughs> Bye-bye. T-Bone Pickens See over you here. later. I would probably, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the funny one, be like, you're like, hey, Chris, uh, got a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you just have to make sure that you you were all anyway. Tailpipe was always clean, so then they never stink. There's no like they don't stink. It's fine. There's no. <laughs> ask me as many questions as you'd like. I give myself an enema every Dude, day. The best. Yeah, you'd be at the front of like a every morning. I cleanse SCA. my colon. Well, <laughs> like, what's the secret to success in business? Cleanse your colon every day. And you're farting at the same time. It's, that's a question. It's just like. <laughs> it's just hot air. There's nothing in there. Run so fast. There's nothing in there for it to graze by anyway. and catch up any smell. All right. Do you feel like you can't be an asshole now when you say it? Or you can't? <laughs> <laughs> Did that fix it? Okay. Our people are great. As far as we have to go in leadership, we're doing really well already. I used to think that we found really good people. And people ask, how do you find really good people? I think they find us. Here's the thing. I don't think there's anything special about the people that work for us. Mm. At the risk of sounding like a dick right? and understanding that, sure, there are things that are really special about the people that I get to see behind the counter every day. I think given the right circumstances, more people can rise to that level than mm. you might otherwise think. And I think a lot uh -huh. of people are looking at the at the wrong solution of their problem so i have a business i can't find anybody good to work for me guess what it's you oh i get it yeah it's it's not the people that you're hiring i hire these people and they don't know what the fuck they're doing right i hire these people and they suck and i'm like how do you consistently find good people you're all i guess the root is we find people who care well you find people who care right and then you give them a reason to care and, and nurture caring. that caring. Right. Because. So your argument is we could find, like, there's always good people out there. I it's think, can you give them a reason to care? I think that's a big deal. I think that's fair. And that doesn't make you sound like an asshole. As long as people can, can compartmentalize and not hear the four words you said at the beginning with, I don't think our people are special. I don't think our people are special. Because the other side of that coin is that means the same thing is true as everybody is and can be special if you put in the time and work and care. Oh. Right? Yeah. That's, so, okay. so hear it both ways, people. So I don't... Yeah. I'm <laughs> Just like, like double down on that. Yeah, I know yeah, you, yeah. I know you don't feel like they're not special literally, but it's literally a good point. No, I think ev everyone's a, got a certain amount of untapped potential in them. And I think... And they got their own juice that's theirs, their own. I think they got their own special. juice that's theirs, their own. And I don't think that... Okay. Not everybody. There's plenty of people that are really awesome at certain things that aren't cut out to work for us. Sure but are probably going to kick ass somewhere else. So yeah. it's not finding special people. It's finding people that fit into the place that you need to fit them into. Mm. And it's nurturing them once they get there. Yeah. Like I just are again, you're going to have to just like roll with me on this one. Everybody roll. Like our guest experience is amazing. Sure. And we say that's because our people are amazing and they are. Compared to like a lot of other, let's take Santa Cruz for an example. Okay. Like it's a notoriously shitty town. For service. For service. Yeah. Whether we're talking coffee, food, right. 
bartending, like blah, blah, the, the blah. whole thing, the yeah. whole kit. Yeah. It is fucked. Yeah. I can't pretend to think that somehow we just happen to find the only good young people in all of Santa Cruz. That <laughs> actually cannot possibly be true. Right. I feel... We don't have like a magic number for everybody. Right. Like yeah. it's not just like, oh, we just picked everyone up by osmosis and there's no other good people in town. Yeah. Because every time we get good people and we're like, fuck, it's going to be hard to find more good people, they keep coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? They keep coming out of the woodwork. So if I take someone like Rachel who's fucking awesome, right. it's hard for me to imagine that there's not another version of Rachel out there somewhere who doesn't have like a Jared or a Sam or a Lucas to help like foster like her ultimate potential, right? right? Like right, right. she's like someone who's kind of like a force of nature wherever she goes, sure. right? But then, you, you know, you give her like a little boost and it's like, yeah. it's like a rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of goes like, there's got to be other people like that around. So they're just waiting for an opportunity they're to just, lean in. Yeah, they're just, they're either, I, I honestly think that a lot of those people feel the same way that I felt when I was in school. Mm. Smart enough, capable enough. Right. Bored out of my fucking mind That's because true. I'm not connecting with what I'm doing because no one's given me a real reason to care. Yeah. And I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, I guess I could be getting, like, doing whatever I want it, but like this. Oh, yeah. God, just somebody help me, please. Like, give, give me something. Give me a reason to live. Something to believe in. So I think, I, I think there's like two, uh, there's two I sides. To that coin. Sure, there's some people who are just fucking lazy and are not going to do well. Yeah, they'll carry their stuff and like just look to get over on whoever they're working for. Right. I'm going to get so many free pastries and hand out coffees to my friends. Yeah, there's always going to be so tight. Always going to be people like that around. They're always insecure, those poor people. I think there's way more potential that's just like waiting to be be harvested. And in in that sense, (laughs) I, I, I feel like it's not a diss to the people that work for us. It's actually a testament to where we want to go right. when we're talking about like, what's our visions to change the way people do business right. and make people understand that like, we're not special. That's kind of true like, too. Like you can too. You can do this and we hope that you do because guess what? I go to your bar and it fucking sucks. I would love for it to be awesome. Looks nice. I go to sucks your restaurant to and the people in there treat me like shit. I would much rather have them treat me well. Please start doing what we're doing. Please take like as good a care. And I'm not saying we're perfect, right? No, I know. Like no. we just listed a, like a million things that we have to go. But I think it's a short list for for me the defining aspect of you know a boss worth caring about and a boss who's just like a piece of crap is like are they trying? Yeah. Are are they actually like taking action towards what they say? like they believe in is, is there tangible improvement over right. time and I, and I would look at us That's and our, and our leadership sure. team and say yes for sure without a doubt even with all our shortcomings there is for sure tangible improvement over time there's also a good a bit of experimentation which is a really good thing for us sometimes yeah. it works out sometimes it doesn't but you can see we're trying but it's all positive steps yeah. forward yeah. you know and sometimes that means taking a step or two back and then growing forward yep. so i I just want the world to be better. Same, dude. <laughs> you know? Same. Um, I want great experience. And and I I, I will say, like, you know, if you're having a hard time attracting good people, look at yourself because you get what you put out there. Oh, you do. You know what I'm saying? You really do. You get to create the culture at your company if you're in leadership. 
get together with your other leadership people, your owners, and talk about it. And really clearly just point a direction forward. That sounds see great, who man. needs help on what levels and let's just let's just put it in there. A little booster seats, little corn maize tacos together. <laughs> we'll talk it out. We'll sit down, we'll eat some food together, and make it happen. Jared's secrets to success. One, booster seats. Booster seats, two. Got to have them. Two, tacos with Three. corn. Would you rather? <laughs> Would you rather? <laughs> and eat? that's how you get to the heart of an interview. That's it. That's the only reason. That's how we find people. You didn't know that? That's it. Would you rather? Those are the only two questions on our interview sheet. That's how we get such amazing people. Would you rather fart or barf? And <laughs> would you rather eat tacos in a booster seat or standing up? Standing up. That's it. With those oh. two questions, we can understand if you're going to fit in the culture. You're or not. a walking, <laughs> eating machine. Also, just a quick update we've had no power for approximately six hours, and the whole town's going to shock. Everyone's stre- I was at the doctor and everyone it's, it's oh the talk God. of the town in the waiting room. I got to tell you, everyone's like, they turn your power off. They can turn your, oh, there's no power. And people are like getting fucking water. Jared's got candles and wood. It's like Y2K all over again. So funny. It's the, like, the getting water oh my funny. God. I'm like the whole town in town is open. People are like, you need to get gas before the gas station shut down. I'm like, well, we have a whole town here. It's like, it's Armageddon. like eight miles of no power up over there. And to and, paint the picture, even like, our our climate is about as temperate as possible. It's not yeah. like, oh my god, I don't have heating or air conditioning, and my no. my child's gonna the die. The coldest it gets is like forty. It's right now. It got down to forty two this morning, which is cold for here, and then it's gonna get up to like eighty. So check back with us next week because we will have the answer to the question that everybody wants to know: is that can human beings live for two days without power? And who did they eat in the process? <laughs> Tune in next week. It's not illegal if there's no power. It's, it's just survival. It was self-defense. We're like a pack of wild coyotes out there. <laughs> it's like, I need to eat a human. <laughs> I've got the, I've eat? got the, what do they call it when they eat humans and go crazy? Uh, uh, oh, mad cow disease? Sure. Yeah. Mad man disease. Mad max disease? Meow meow. Meow meow man. Well, let's, let's go get some coffee. We're going to do it. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Would you rather... <laughs> Throw up every time someone says your name or fart anytime someone asks you a question. Oh, man. I How it's can I say there. this and not sound like a complete asshole? Every morning I cleanse my colon. Looks nice. Sucks to go there. Because guess what? I go to your bar and it fucking sucks. I would love for it to be awesome.